Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and excited to have with me today, Allison Morris. So welcome, Allison. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you. You're going to talk about, you know, EFT or tapping, um, which I've utilized in my own healing journey. So excited to talk about that. But yeah, tell us a little more about your role, your full potential parenting, and how you got into that. I got into all of this because of my daughter, uh, whom I adopted as a single mom uh, almost 14 years ago now. Um, I was, you know, I had some training through the adoption process to sort of be on the lookout for attachment issues, but what started emerging when she was around two and a half was really confusing. Like it didn't, it seemed like it was more than attachment issues. And it took me um, a few more years before I really ever heard of the of trauma outside of the concept, right, of acute physical trauma. Right. And back then even I didn't know the term developmental trauma because I don't think it had been, you know, coined yet at that point. Um, but it, it, it was like, oh, my God, that's it. Right. Yes. It just was such, a, and that was really through the work of Heather Forbes and Brian Post, their book, Beyond Consequences, Logic and Control. And I was like, oh my God, they get, they get me. Like they understand what's going on. Oh my God, that's why my kid is acting this way. Because she was, um, she was kind of angry with me. And I was like, how on a two and a half year old, like angry at their parent? Right. What is up with this? That's just, and then other certain behaviors and it. Um, so that was, that was awesome. Just having that knowledge. But then it was a matter of, okay, now what, now, now what do we do? Right. So as with so many other folks, right. Got online. I belong to a couple of Yahoo groups back. Actually I still belong to them, but you know, most things have transferred to Facebook now. And um, uh, one mom wrote a post about, tapping on herself to calm her child down in the next room who was having a rage. I was like, that's, uh, that's odd. What does she mean by that? Like, but how cool, right? What is this magic that she's talking about? But I didn't follow up on it then, you know, overwhelmed too many things. And she posted again a while later and I was like, okay, I'm just going to Google this thing. I think she may have explained that the tapping referred to EFT or emotional freedom techniques. Um, I found, oh, what did I find? I found a website, I think, by Gary Craig, who is the founder of EFT. And um, I started reading up the little case histories and studies, and I was like, oh my God. And I, I think I tapped along with some videos, and I was yawning and sighing and I felt so much better. And I was like, Oh my God, like, what is this thing is magic. This is awesome. So at the back in the day, you could actually rent these videos um, like, or DVDs. Like they would send them to you and you'd keep them for three weeks and send them back. It was kind of crazy. Right. But, um, and I, I immediately after what I could not stop watching them. I was like, this stuff is insane. It works on everything. And I was hooked and I started looking up how to get certified immediately, which is completely contrary to sort of my general, I mean, I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> I'm very like, anyway, and I, I was at the time still working as a lawyer. 
So this was, you know, it was a little outside the box for me. Um, very analytical, logical and all, but I was like, I need some help. I need some help. And oh my God, this is helping me. I feel so much better. So I, I started, I got certified. That was of course not the end of our story because we were, of course, as with so many other parents out there, right. Who have these kids with these challenges, you're just always looking for the thing, like what, what's going to help them. And we're so hoping that there will be one thing that will make all the difference, right? A supplement, um, a particular therapy, um, a parenting approach. And, and first, you know, and there's always some, there's always a, um, uh, some anecdotal evidence out there that for some families that did make all the difference, like they, they went gluten-free, boom, their child transformed in three weeks. They had a different child and you're like, it didn't do anything for us. Right. Darn, you know? right. Next so, I, I, right <laughs> so we were still exploring. I was trying all these things. And then I finally realized um, I know a lot of different therapists and practitioners now and different people. So what I started, I actually started this online interview show that is not actually a podcast, even to this day. And um, I started Full Potential Parenting more as a way to um, help other parents just learn about all these different non-pharmaceutical ways to, uh, to, to, um, to heal. And so I started interviewing doctors and practitioners and, uh, you know, all sorts of things. Um, folks who do neurofeedback and EMDR and, um, nutritional, um, things and, uh, homeopathy and essential oils and flower as, you know, it was just like all these things. And then I started doing a summit. So I do a summit every year where, it's more consolidated, a bunch of interviews in like a week or yes. four days or something. Um, so I've been doing that for a number of years. And then I slowly started developing as I, I got certified finally, because that takes a while in EFT. And so now I, I really, I, I still do the interviews. Um, but I also now work with parents uh, to help them understand their own emotional triggers to their kids, because these kids are really, really hard to parent. Yeah. They have big emotions. They've got sometimes really destructive and scary behaviors. And it brings up everything that we have not resolved in ourselves. Every last stinking little shadow that we have not had a flashlight turned on, you know, for years. And it all comes back. And, it yeah, and that be, makes me think of, you know, it all comes back to, you know, we connected through ACEs connection. Yes. Oh yeah. And so I think about when you just said that, how, you know, these children have adverse childhood experiences and then their reactions and their expression of their emotions are then triggering those, our adverse child experiences in our own yes. selves. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it was even a while before I had heard about ACEs too. I'm trying to think when that was, I mean, that, that was, uh, God, I don't even remember now. I mean, it's probably it's been, only been, the past been maybe years five years, years or so yeah. that I had heard about it. And then I had the opportunity to interview Donna Jackson um, uh, Nakazawa. Did I say her name right? I believe so, who, who um, wrote a beautiful book about oh, ACEs yes. and about healing from yeah, ACEs yeah. and all the different ways that there are to, to overcome that. Um, 
And, and then, of course, it's really exploded in the last several years, people's understanding and awareness of that, which is, which is awesome. Right. So, yes, it absolutely brings up all our own issues. Although I will say, right, a lot of this even, I think, um, goes beyond ACEs. Because if you were to take the survey, which I hope most of your listeners have taken the time to do, because what is it, 30 seconds, right, to right. answer the right. 10 questions. And, 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 you know, so it may not be that you had you were abused or, or neglected or had any, you know, you may score one or zero, but we all have these things that happened to us when we were kids. Um, times when we were shamed or right. We see the patterns of our parents and how they disciplined us. Um, times when we were just left um, feeling that we didn't matter, that we weren't heard, we weren't seen, we weren't safe. And I don't know that they even rise to the level of, of an, of an adverse childhood experience. They're just the little T traumas that we all experience in life and they, they come back and they show themselves, right? So when your kid doesn't do what you want them to do, but you were a really behaved kid because you were scared of being physically punished maybe by your parent, what does that bring up for you? That's that's confronting in ways that you may not realize. You you just know that you're infuriated. You're yeah. you're and and you're like, where is all this anger coming from? Because my kid said no right. in a particular tone of voice. And maybe they threw something at me too, right? And then you're like, you're then you're scared of your own anger because you don't know where it came from. And maybe you've never been so angry at anyone in your life as you are at this four-year-old child in front of you. And that's alarming. I mean, I've, I've experienced that, right? Where I have, um, it it was, um, in some ways kind of horrifying because you're like, what have I become? Right. Like, who is this person? You know, I hear I, I I, against a child. Like why? Right, I thought I was this, you know, well-adjusted adult who's been successful in all these areas in my life. And then I'm like rendered completely helpless in, 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 you know, in the face of, of a four-year-old or an eight-year-old or whatever it may be. Like what the, right? <laughs> right? right. It's very humbling and it is frightening and so I try to help people understand their emotional expression. I try, I mean, oh my God, the, I don't know how many hours I've spent reading books and watching things, trying to learn about, right, the neurophysiology of stress and polyvagal theory and neuroception and all these things that help us understand what the heck is going on, right? Because we have the same nervous systems as our kids, although theirs aren't as well developed. But I, somehow I think we we sort of feel like we're different species in a way and we are not subject. We're not subject to the same instinctive responses that our kids are, but, and we may have more ability to have awareness of it and be conscious of it so that we have then tools we can draw on hopefully so that we can manage ourselves better. Right. That's ideal. But underneath we're still, we still have, 
the you know salivates nerve <laughs> running through yeah. our bodies. That's right being triggered by the same sorts of things. And so, you know, we need to understand how this affects us as well as parents so that we can then be the regulatory, calm, safe harbor for our kids because without us being able to be there for them in that way, they really don't have a chance unless they've got other adults in their life who can do that for them. Right. and we hope they all do, right? A coach, a teacher, um, some after-school mentor, a babysitter, a grandparent, who, who, an aunt, who, who knows, right? We hope they have many of those adults in their lives, but it surely is better if it's a parent, first and foremost, who's able to provide that for them. Right. Um, especially if the child is adopted, I think, because, right, then they've already lost that first safe harbor of their birth mother. And so, so I'd spend a lot of time trying to help people use EFT to make it okay, right? To first, so I like to always talk about EFT in terms of the three A's and sometimes four, maybe we'll talk about four. The first one is just, it allows you to acknowledge what you're feeling. Right. We spend so much time pretending that we're not feeling what we're feeling. We're ashamed of what we're feeling. We feel guilty about what we're feeling. We're scared of what we're feeling. We don't like what we're feeling. So we just are like, nope, 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 nope. Not going there, not going there. Maybe tomorrow. Like, I think I'll have a, I think I'll have a glass of wine. Yes, you know. (laughs) Or next episode. Yes. (laughs) Starts in five seconds. Right. We, we, we just do everything we can to avoid it and, and push it away and hope it'll go away by itself. But of course it doesn't. I was going to say, but it there, does not, right? right? It just sits there and then it does other bad things. And ultimately, I think it's quite clear now that those things we don't address become disease states in our body, whether that's... Um, uh, a, a chronic disease, whether that's a cancer, whether whatever, right? We know so much now about how all that translates. And, and of course, the ACEs study is very clear about how all right. those things morph into um, later poor health outcomes. Um, so acknowledging it can be such a relief. That in and of itself is is really huge. Just saying, okay, you know what? I don't like my child. Did I really just say that? Say it out loud, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, does that mean you don't love your child? No. But can you say right now, you don't like them, you don't like what they're doing, you don't like the way they're behaving, you don't like the way they're talking to you, you're tired of of getting the calls from school, you're tired of of, of being woken up at night, you know, whatever, right? You're just, you're done with it, you don't like it, you're overwhelmed. Oh wow! Like okay, that feels really good. Like oh, I got to say it. <laughs> so that's good. And then you get to feel it. It gets to allow you to feel what you're feeling. And this part gets kind of scary, right? Because the thing about emotions, in part, that that overwhelm us is we think that we're that we'll be stuck feeling that way forever. Right. That it'll never move through us. But of course, a lot of that is just because we're resisting it so much that keeps it stuck, right? Our emotions are supposed to just move through us. They're just 
chemicals, really, right? We know how they all work, right? Candace Pert, Molecules of Emotion, awesome book, but there, um, or, you know, people talk about the, the roots of the word and energy and motion and it, right. They're just supposed to go through us. They're not supposed to stay forever, right. but, but, but we, we get caught up in, in not wanting to feel them and then they do stay longer. And then that reinforces our previous fear that they're never going away. So we can get stuck in that spiral. But if you let yourself feel it for a while, just a little bit, then you can let them go. Oh my gosh, that's a huge relief. And then, um, uh, now I've totally forgotten the third, um, what's my third A? I acknowledge, oh, and then you accept yourself. You say, there's an affirmation that's always a part of EFT, or often, in the sort of the normal way that people do EFT. There are different, there's so many different variations of EFT, which is that you say that you accept yourself, even though you have whatever it is that you have, the, the feeling that you have, the, the physical symptom that you have, um, the, the, the scary belief that you have, the painful memory that you have, the fear of the future that you have, it's okay. You're okay. You can have that and it does not detract from you in any way. You are still perfectly whole, complete, uh, uh, right? Uh, 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 a human being. <laughs> and, and so then you get to just say, you know what, I'm not flawed. I'm not broken. I don't need fixing. I, I'm not right. You're okay. Yeah. And then the, the fourth A that I sometimes like to talk about is awareness. So one of the things that's really awesome about EFT is often when you're tapping, these little insights bubble up that sometimes are directly related to the, the topic that you're addressing through your tapping and sometimes seem completely unrelated, except that they're not. Right. They're always a little clue. And you might be thinking like, why did I just get an image of, you know, that birthday party when I was five? <laughs> and it's like, I have no idea why that popped in my head. But it's always, it's always uh, something there to assist you in kind of unraveling something. Yes. Um, and uh, or maybe you're just like, oh, my God, I finally realize that it's like reminds me of like my grandfather used to explode at my mom when they come, you know, that when my grandparents would come visit. And it's that's like what's coming up when my kid gets mad and yells at me. Right. You know, you just yeah. never know. They're no. just, our brains make all these astonishing connections between events and, and, and uh, emotional states and they just pop up out of nowhere. So sometimes and we they do have, they do have meaning because I know when I did EMDR therapy for four years, random things would just like, boom, come in, you know, with such intensity. And I would, I learned just to say, you know, when she would say, my therapist would ask, you know, what's happening. And, and she would say, just notice. And I'd be like, um, you know, I'm in a Volkswagen Beetle, you know, my mom had a little Volkswagen Beetle and I'm in the back seat and, you know, like I'd have these things come up. And then when we did some brain spotting work, same sort of thing, like random things would just pop up. And then when I did EFT, same thing. Like, and so it helped me realize that, yes, there are these connections that we make. And when you can tap into that, tapping, <laughs> when you can tap into that, yeah, it's very powerful. Right. Absolutely. And then, you know, and then you, 
And you don't always need to figure out like where it came from. Uh, often that's helpful because if you, one of the sort of little sayings in EFT is, you know, it's the, the first or the worst, um, right? If you're trying to figure out what to tap on. Yeah. Um, always being specific can be, is, is, is almost always the most helpful thing. So it's not just, I'm really overwhelmed. Although if that's where you are, it's okay to start there. Right. Try to kind of take things down a few notches and then you can say, okay, what, what's got me so overwhelmed? Like what specific things just happened? Like, oh, maybe you got a really big bill. Like your insurance didn't cover that awesome psychiatrist you just <laughs> found or whatever, right? You know, there's all sorts of things. And then you can be like, oh my God, you know, even though I just opened this bill and it's not covered and I'm freaking out and I don't know how to pay for it. Okay. Then you tap like on that, but then you can say, all right, well, so when's another instance when I got a big like financial shock or maybe you go back to like the tension in the, in the dining room when your parents were like paying the bills when you were growing oh, yeah. up. And it, it like brought this kind of dread, like you weren't safe and oh my God, you know, right. Just all these things. And that's the beauty of EFT is that it just allows you to go to all these places um, quite effectively and just release it all. Just yeah. let it go. Just let it go. So that was a really long answer. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> answer. <laughs> Yeah. So any, any myths or facts that you want to clarify for listeners, either in regards to, you know, children, um, EFT. Oh goodness. So many things, right. <laughs> um, well, your listeners are probably better educated in all these topics than maybe your average parent, I would have to say right? If they've been listening to you. Um, a, a couple things. The one is, right, behavior is always communication. And we get so, we forget that. That's like, beautiful. we know it, and then we forget it. Because we just want the behavior to stop. It's, 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 it interferes with our schedule, with our lives, with what we have planned for our day. It's like so inconvenient, right? And yet you have, like, there it is. Yeah. It has to be dealt with. And the, the more we need it to go away, usually the longer it lasts. Yes. <laughs> right? Because our kids pick up on our state. Um, but also the idea that it's never about the behavior. Right? It's always what's underneath. The idea that... Um, that your, your kids often, well, so many things. We forget, one, that their wants and needs are just as valid as ours, even if they're not convenient at the time or, you know, maybe it's just not possible. You know, they really do need to get to school or you really do need to get to work or whatever. But we, you know, we say oftentimes, well, they're just doing it for the attention. Okay, then. <laughs> not that's a totally valid reason to do anything right if they kid me attention give them attention we get into this odd thing about well that will that will teach them that they can just do that and i'll pay attention to them 
well, what is that? That's them doing what they can do to get what they need. That Then if they need the attention, there is an unmet need that needs meeting, right? So we we get this kind of twisted sense of like, they're manipulating us and they're they're doing it on purpose and they're um and it's like you know they're they're children and they have needs and if we meet them then they will develop they're not going to become then clingy needy spoiled brats they'll become confident assured children who feel safe Right, yeah. and they're just deep the sense. Yeah, whose needs have been met. Yeah, and then they can go and blossom and go out into yeah. the world, and they come back when they when they need you. Yes, but that's not a bad thing. It's really a beautiful thing that, that they're saying. Cute. I need help. Will you? No, they're not saying that. Right? They're saying right. I'm not going to go and like so and so did whatever. They're expressing it in messy inconvenience again unpredictable often challenging ways uh and that will probably become less the less of you know that will happen less frequently if you can figure out where they're struggling where are they having a problem yeah um i've all i've always loved this phrase i don't know if you know the work of bonnie harris she's written um when your kids push your buttons. Um, I can't remember the other book, another great book, but she has this wonderful saying, your kid's not being a problem, they're having a problem. And it's such a nice little reframe. Yeah. And it's also really easy to forget, yeah. <laughs> right? When your kid's blowing up at you or having trouble. Um, and but you know we again we get into these contentious feelings that somehow it's sort of us against them and we've we've got to teach them a lesson and of course we got to teach them lessons but not then yeah our kids know when they're when they're misbehaving they 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 want they want to please us they're desperate for our love and our approval and our attention and our acceptance right they they don't want to feel the disapproval and the and the the you know that that break in the connection. But if that's the only way they can get our attention, then what else? What else do they have? Right. Like, they need it. So you know they will do what they need to do, and in some cases, of course, their nervous system will compel them to behave that way. Right. If they're feeling unsafe, boom. There, there, out comes all the whatever, however they express that, you know, they'll kick you and run away, they'll throw something at you, they'll go hide in their room, whatever that is, however that comes out in your kiddo. Um, sorry, I'm going off kind of on a tangent wow, here. Now, but it's, um, I just, you know, so much of our parenting lessons, um, I hope this is changing. And frankly, I don't read a whole lot of mainstream parenting stuff anymore. But you know, it's still a lot of timeouts are good. Um, God, I don't know. It's like super nanny and all that stuff still on the air. I don't know, I do. but oh, I don't right. Know. It's all about imposing control and yeah. having power over our kids. So like, so they know where their place is and, you know, obedience and, you know, ha- um, bowing to the authority of, right. of, of adults, but that's, 
that's not the way to do it, right? That's uh, I completely yes, I that's, agree you. <laughs> um and I, you know what? And I think especially with children born today, certainly, but in the last probably fifteen years, things are changing. They're different little beings. You look at these kids growing up today. I mean, look at these teens, the folks from Parkland and Greta, uh, how do you say her last name, Thunberg, right? Who's taking on a climate crisis. Oh, right. right. And, um, uh, other, other folks, right? They're, they're little independent beings, and, and we don't want to be crushing their souls and oh. dimming their lights and, 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 and you know, forcing them to hew to this narrow conception of like what it means to be a good kid and to behave and to make life sort of more tolerable for parents who just kind of, anyway, <laughs> I'm really going off. Oh, I think it's wonderful. Right? We want to, we want to empower them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. And so what does that mean? Ultimately, right? It is so much, God, I mean, thank God for Stephen Porges, right? Thank God for people like Dan Siegel and Mona Delahook, right? If, if Beyond Behaviors, if you guys haven't read that book, I would say read that book if you don't read anything else, because she's pulled together so many lovely things and it's so practical. And the other lovely thing about that book is, um, it's sitting right here, just put it up here right here we go yeah um is that um she's also so open about how it takes a team for like kids who are really struggling it's right it if they really do have developmental trauma if they really do have attachment trauma it, it it's not an instant fix and it can take a huge team of people years to help these kids and she's so open about that, right? She's not saying, you know, this kid came to me and we figured something out in the three months of therapy, they were fine. No, it's like, and then I was at the school and we had the IEP meeting and we worked on different goals that were less behaviorally focused maybe and more about like, you know, anyway. And, and then they saw the occupational therapist and then they were doing this stuff. Right. So, you know, it can really do, it really can take a whole village of, of people to help our kids to, you know, the scaffolding that they didn't get put in place originally to go back and build all the foundational stuff that was just missing. Yeah, it makes me think of uh, brain plasticity, you know, and just how, like with my panic attacks, I had created this rut. And so I had a rut of avoidance behaviors and it took a lot of work to change habitual patterns. And so it makes me think of with kids, these children have developed a way of reacting, a way of responding, a way of behaving. And that it is a matter of, like you said, you know, helping rebuild the scaffolding or getting them out of those ruts. Right. That right. Created. And then in, in changing um, the brain. I mean, truly. Yep. Changing the brain, calming the nervous system, healing yeah. the gut. I mean, uh, building the, the, like the, the body brain connection. I mean, there's, yes. there's so many aspects of this and it can feel overwhelming. And frankly, it is overwhelming. I mean, it just is. And it's also really, um, 
it can be really hopeful as well because there are really so many roads to Rome. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right? You can come at this from a lot of ways. Right. So EFT doesn't do it for you. Fine. Find something else. Maybe do it's EMDR. Right. Do right. Maybe it's EMDR. Right. Um, uh, frankly, I I will say um, I don't believe that for most people, just purely cognitive behavioral therapy is enough. I don't think it's enough for our kids. I think they, when they get, when they get um, more connections, when they're feeling safer, when they, their brains are more developed, then I think maybe that can, that can help. But until the, some of the body-based stuff is more taken care of, I don't think it's usually enough. And I Um, agree with you. And I think more and more, at least, I don't know, Maybe I'm wrong, but I think more people in the healing professions are starting to understand that there is no one cure-all answer and that, like you said earlier, it, individuals are different in what one right. is going to respond to in one way, another person might not respond to. And so to bring, I call it filling the toolbox. And if you could fill your toolbox with all of these resources and the same thing along the same lines as what may work one day may not work another day because yeah. of where you are. Um, and that's again, and that can feel overwhelming too. Cause you're like, Oh my God, we just, yeah. we just figured this out. And then it's like, and now it's not working anymore. Right. And that is just the way that works. And then you just have to say, well, thank God we found that. Yeah. And now let's find something else. Right. And we'll come back you know, to it later, you know? Right. Yeah. But oh my goodness, there are so many parts to this. Yes. Now, I do think personally, like the gut is a huge part of this that yes. has to be addressed. Yes. Um, I think the the mindset stuff, right? I mean, just the the way our kids think about themselves is a huge part of this because so often these kids they're in trouble all the time. People right. are yelling at them. They're mad at them. Mm-hmm. They have hard time with friendships because they, they can't maintain that level of connection with people. They just struggle in so many areas of their lives and they just feel bad about themselves. And that's heartbreaking. Um, but it, it also suggests, right, that they need... Um, God, they finding like a, a, a really awesome therapist who who they can connect with. So it, I'm gonna now I'm gonna say something different, which is it almost doesn't matter what somebody does if your kid connects with that person, that's then gold. Yes. Um, so whether they do somatic experiencing or neurofeedback or 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 it's just talk therapy. If they've got that connection with somebody, then, oh my God, you've like, you found your, right. That's, that's really helpful. Um, but I think the gut nutrition part is a huge, huge part of it. I think a lot of the, um, structural things, I guess I should say is is often under, um, is overlooked as well. So, um, which is often beyond what occupational therapists have been trained in. 
And so like things like, I don't know if you've heard of neurological reorganization. I've not. Um, it's kind of like OT on steroids <laughs> and takes people back through the, a developmental sequence of like starting with the, like the lower parts of the brain and, and um, patterns and like crawling on your belly and creeping on hands and knees, things that a lot of kids missed because they were sitting in car seats or they were um, in, in baby gadgets that your parent, you know, and I did this to my kid. You're like, oh, it'll help stimulate their brain because it's got the little spinny things and yes. it'll help them walk more quickly. But walking early is not a good thing. It's, it's I mean, it, it may not necessarily be a bad thing, but it's not something to be encouraged, right? Your kids, they pick up all the, my God, the sensory stuff that they pick up on their bellies. And when they're holding their heads and the input to the cranial nerves that helps you then learn how to read and provides coordination so that you can hold a pencil, ride a bike, swim, swing, you know, all these things, all that we miss so much of that. Oh my God, I read a story. There was a news article I posted on my Facebook page a couple months ago. It is now a, a phenomenon in schools for children to fall out of their desk chairs. Oh. They can't sit up. They're like literally falling out of their chairs. And I, I was, <laughs> I was, I was like, what? Like, that's okay. crazy. That is crazy. But what is that? That's primitive reflexes that are still engaged. That's, that's like lower brain functions that haven't been, you know, that are not strong enough that are, are, are keeping their, you know, they're, they're wiggly. I mean, all these kids, you know, and these parents, the teachers will say, you know, stop fidgeting. Well, and the kids stop fidgeting, then they can't listen. Right. They have to fidget to yeah. listen. Right. Right. Or they, you know, they, they want them to look at the front of the room. They can't do that. It's too sensory, you know, the overload. They can't do that. I mean, we so um, discount, this is the other thing I wanted to, you talked about myths earlier, right? The idea, I mentioned all behaviors, communication, but one of the beautiful things Stephen Porridge has also taught us all, right, is how adaptive all our behaviors are. Now, they may not be appropriate, but they're always adaptive, right? It's always serving some purpose, some deeper need physiologically. And of course, most of the time, we're not aware of what it is, right? Because our conscious brain is only handling about 5% at most of what we're doing throughout our day. And then subconscious is 90 to 95%. But so, you know, God, we're all, we're all always doing the best that we can. It might not look very good while we're doing it, but that's, that's the way we're built. And so, you know, we always have to be asking like, what need is that serving? What, what is that accomplishing for that person? How is that helping them? Yeah. And it may, again, it may not, it not, may not be working because it doesn't fit the rules or it's inconvenient um, or it's embarrassing for it to happen in public. But at some level, your child or you is, is, is only doing as much as they can do. Anyway, so I'm kind of going all over the place here, but I just want to encourage people to know there are so many different ways to approach this. Um, you know, neurofeedback has 
an awesome track record. Yeah. Um, but I would say there, you got to be careful that you're finding somebody who understands trauma and not just like performance enhancement or ADHD. Because a lot of kids get diagnosed with ADHD who don't have ADHD. They have developmental trauma. Yes. And they're not the same thing, although they can manifest in same ways. I mean, I'm increasingly convinced that the whole diagnostic system is just up so much. Well, I think yeah. I worked in a mental health agency with children for a, a while. And yes, that was just starting to come bubbling to the surface about you know, how this ADHD stamp was being put on so many of these children when it was so much more particularly trauma-related. Um, right. I mean, I, I think, I, what, it was Bessel van der Kolk, I think, right, who, who wrote in his book, well, he's probably said it many other times in other places, too, that right, trauma is the great greatest public health oh, challenge yeah. facing us today. Yeah. I just saw another article. Um, somebody just did a meta-analysis of the cost of the health outcomes yeah. attributed to adverse childhood experiences. Yes, I just saw that come across. In Europe yeah. and North America. So not that many people when you think about the right. world, right? Um, and it was, I think, $1.33 trillion a year. Uh, mm -hmm. That and, and I mean, again, North America and U.S., Canada. And that's talking, you know, like the physical, you know, effects of it, diabetes, heart disease, so forth. Is that, and then. Right. I don't remember the specifics. I think probably, yeah, yeah and probably all the so-called mental health, you know, right. uh, effects, people missing work from that, that was you know, all that kind of stuff. That's the other part. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think. But so it may even be a very conservative estimate. I can't remember how they right. went about doing it, but it's like, oh my God. Right. The, the not to mention the the very human costs of dealing with it on a day to day basis of yeah. living through it of experiencing it. Well, um, the, you know, the toll on relationships, you know. Um, yes, right. Yeah. So it's easy to go kind of down the rabbit hole and say like we're doomed. We're doomed. Like ah. <laughs> Oh my, that's when you start tapping, right? You're like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, and I get, I get so encouraged because we're learning so much every day that I'm like, oh my gosh, we're finally understanding how much of this is related to trauma. Yes. And that there's so many resources now that are starting to come to light as well for yes. helping people finally, finally, finally um, well, and, they deal with you know, And that health. is going to... I mean, I certainly don't pretend to have all the answers of all of that. I don't know if you had a chance to read um, Dr. Nadine Burke Harris's book, The Deepest Well. I have not. No. Uh, it's worth, you should totally read it. It's such a, it's yeah. really a, a, a very quick read. It's very well written. Um, and it's all, so she's right now the Surgeon General of California, yeah. but she has a very famous TED talk about ACEs. Yeah. Um, and her work at starting a clinic in a really poor neighborhood in San Francisco. And then, discovering the ACEs because she'd already started noticing this on her own with, with children that, um, they, that, that their health and their mental and physical health outcomes seem to be related to other things going on in their life. Right. So she had already incorporated, I think a psychologist or a social worker into her clinic, which was frankly still doesn't happen often. 
I think it happens more in community clinics like that than it does like in hospital or, or kind of pediatrician settings. But so that in and of itself was quite kind of very enlightened of her. Right. But um, then to then, you know, to try to actually address like put some programs in place, like how do we address the ACEs? How can we attack this? But then she talks a lot about the resistance she got, the pushback from the community. And then when presenting at professional associations from, you know, her professional colleagues in the medical profession. Right. Um, and it's complicated stuff, right? Because people don't want to be pigeonholed well you're a four aces person right right and yeah. so and it can set up this whole other kind of discriminatory system so i totally get that there's some stuff plus you know if you're not prepared to help people understand how they can how they can work through it and and heal themselves and get protective factors in place what's the point of telling somebody that they've got you know that their life expectancy has just been oh. you know is right. likely to be, you know, be 25 years less because they yeah. scored, you know, whatever on an ACEs survey. Right. Right. That's, that's not helpful. <laughs> and then of course, people I think still don't quite believe how universal they are, that it's not just, you know, inner city, poor people of color, right. violent neighborhoods. Like, oh no, right? Go back to the original ACEs survey, white, middle class. Well, and I think that's you know? why, you know, like I score a 10 out of 10, crazy. But uh, that's why I love that I have this voice to say, one, I survived it. Two, I, I'm able to pinpoint, you know, what built resilience in me. And three, that now I'm, I just didn't survive it. I thrived and to help people. And you by utilizing things like tapping in EFT. Yes, yes. And, and there was actually just another really lovely study done from some folks in Wisconsin, I think, University of Milwaukee, maybe, looking at um, um, protective childhood experiences. Yeah. So PCEs, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Which hopefully yeah. those will start oh, spreading oh, around. Really, really awesome. Yes. Um, and, and so, right, that's the other side of this coin, right? Healing is possible. Yeah. Um, we are, of course, we're, we're built to heal, right? I mean, our bodies are amazing when yeah. we give them what they need to, to heal and to thrive. And again, there's so many ways to go about doing that. So, even if you live somewhere where you don't have access to maybe, you know, the top child trauma therapist or something. Right. It's okay. Right. I mean, among other things, there's so many online things that are available now, right. but there are so many things you can do on your own. That yeah. You don't need, right. You can, or you can consult with a functional nutritional diagnostic or how, Functional diagnostic nutritional. I can always get those guys messed <laughs> up. Like, how are they? Right. You can consult with those on with somebody online with that. Right. You can change your eating on your own. You've got access to a ton of books on your own. Yes. Um, you can you can tap on your own. You can, you know, there's so many things you can do without um, having access to lots and lots of expensive therapies and this is and that's right. So, so many I, I'm a huge, yes, I say amen and hallelujah because that's a lot of what I did was the research I did to just be like, oh, 
what's Ho'oponopono Hawaiian healing? Let's give yeah. that a whirl. You know? Right. Yeah. Another brilliant one that yeah. you so can do on your own. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, the stuff available just like on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, the summits available. Oh my God. So much wonderful information yeah. about, um, you know, all the, I mean, I got, I just, uh, I just did a little workshop the other day on, on like 18, you know, free and inexpensive stress release tools. And, you know, there's probably a hundred of them. Right. Oh God, just going for a walk in the woods. I know. Or by I mean, a lake. Morning. Yes. Or an ocean. <laughs> And look, see right now I'm holding a little, I collect hearts, but I'm holding a little, it's a little, um, oh, I, I don't know, just like a grounding tool that I utilize. Sure. It's that kind of just, I don't want to say simple because it's very powerful and it's, and it, it's, but it's utilizing all of that stuff um, that's um, surrounding yourself with things that bring comfort and, and calming and yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget just having some fun. Right. Laughter. Right. Right. I mean, we, I, and I'm, I get really, I get caught up in this cause I get really passionate about all of this and it's like, right. And, right it can get so, I, again, I use the word overwhelming, but overwhelming. The, just the sheer magnitude of this problem or the sheer magnitude of, of trying to help a single child. Yeah. It, it I mean, it is serious stuff. But that's not the energetic space we need to be in for healing. Right. Right. right? We need the lighter, the brighter. Yeah. Right? Watch the giggling babies. Right. YouTube, who, you know, I mean, you can't not listen. Right. If you can watch that and not put a smile right. on your face. <laughs> Maybe you really are like oh. serious trouble, right? And watch the beautiful videos of like unusual animal friendships, or you know what? Yes, right. right. There's just so many uplifting things that that can, but just just have so much some fun. Yes. Um, well, and that. I think you know, I think about like Sammy, or my my little fairy right. back here, and so she. You know, oh my gosh, I get so much joy out of watching the joy that she brings to children because of the yes. giggles and laughter. And we we were called into a classroom for a little third grade girl who had just switched schools to the fourth school in two years. And she was just oh. overwhelmed with emotions. And yeah. her immediate response to meeting this beautiful dog of ours made all of like all of us in the room every adult in that room was beaming with we all had smiles we were all giggling because this little girl went from being so distraught to just just glowing smile and giggles and talking about how much you know she loved how soft Sammy was and it was just it was so, again, I want to say simple, but so profound and beautiful. No, and those are, right, all those little moments. Like yeah. the more of those that we can all have in our lives. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. For sure. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure you agree with this. If, if we could overhaul our entire educational system, that would be oh, a, yes. you know, that'd be a really nice start. Yes, Because, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was just seeing, right, that... Um, uh, Gavin Newsom in California is about to, I think, sign a bill requiring all day kindergarten. And I think, I think that's true in Minnesota where I used to live. I don't know. It's probably, maybe it's probably true in a lot of States. 
And there was a time when I would have been where I was like, yes, that sounds great. And in part, it's wonderful for working parents because you're like, I don't have to pay for daycare anymore, right? My kid will be in school and it's free and yay. And then I think, well, that would be okay if kindergarten weren't the way kindergarten is now. Yes, if it yeah. were kindergarten the way kindergarten was when I was a kid. Right. Slides and finger time, <laughs> song time, play yeah. time, you know, nap time, snack time, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just run around in the park time. Yeah. That'd be great. But it's not that anymore. Right. It's math and reading. Right and sit still and pay attention and don't move your bodies. And oh my God, it's like, no wonder they can't sit in their seats. Right. So anyway. Shoot, we could do a whole podcast on that. On, oh my <laughs> Lord, oh my Lord, oh my Lord. I know, so I have this like dream of, of having this um, wellness center, right? Where, where uh, or healing center, I don't know what it is, right? Where parents come and they can like learn all about all this stuff and they can go get cranial sacral therapy or learn how to use essential oils or oh my you know, gosh and they you have their, the same dream right That's and they awesome. drop their kids off and their kids like they have like a little obstacle course where they can do their creeping and their crawling with other kids so they don't feel like they're the only ones in the world who have to do this stuff yeah. and there's like aerial yoga so they can spin and get all their vestibular stuff and they can, you know, go sit in an infrared sauna for a while and like, you know, and I don't know. And there's beautiful sound, you know, stuff going on in the vibe, you know, and, and there's essential oils <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> calming stuff. And I don't know. And, and so that the parents, can, oh right. God. And, and, you know, and, and they can, so parents get a break and they can get their own yeah. stuff taken care of and the kids can have fun yeah doing some of the things that are um you know that are really helpful right. but that often take place you know either parents are kind of forced to try to force their kids to do these like therapies and exercises you know or they have to go to a therapist's office right and again it's a little bit stigmatizing and it's um and they're often not doing it with other children. So it's isolating. And I don't know. So we'll see. Yes. <laughs> that would be lovely though, wouldn't it? That would be really awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see when I win the lottery. But I'd yes. have to play the lottery to win the lottery. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So I know we're getting close on time. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to, you know, walk through uh, EFT. If oh, that's know. right. I forgot we were going to do that. Yeah. If, if you want to do it, that would be Yeah, great. no, absolutely. We can do this really quickly. So if everybody watching, listening wants to, um, you know, maybe just close your eyes. This is the other wonderful thing about EFT is it asks us to tune into our bodies and listen yeah. to what our bodies are telling us. I'm so, going to do this while you talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So notice where you're feeling stressed in your body. We're just going to do something on stress right now. Okay. And maybe it's like tension in the back of your neck. Maybe you feel like somebody's stabbing you with the shoulder blades. <laughs> um, maybe you've just got this unsettled feeling in your stomach. Whatever that is, notice what that is and give it a rating on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is, it's not there. And 10 is like, it's in, you're, you're really in serious discomfort. It's big intensity. 
and just note that and then we're going to test it on the back end and then and then you can open your eyes again but it sometimes helps people to tune in if they close their yeah. eyes they're not sort of distracted yeah. and what we're going to do is we're going to take one hand i'm going to describe this thoroughly so the people listening sure can follow along if they don't have the visual you're going to take one hand if you're right-handed usually people tap with their right hand but it does not make any difference and you're going to tap on the side of the hand so the fleshy part between your wrist and your little finger right and you just tap continuously while you state a setup phrase and it's it's always in it's generally in, in this um kind of framework even though i feel all the stress in my body and you can just repeat after me even though i feel all the stress in my body and then there's an affirmation i deeply and completely accept myself i deeply and completely accept myself and you say it two more times even though i feel the stress in my and then fill in the blank even though I feel the stress in my stomach, I deeply and completely accept myself. I deeply and completely accept myself. Even though I have the stress in my body and I feel it in my stomach. Even though I have the stress in my body and I feel it in my stomach. I deeply and completely accept myself. I deeply and completely accept myself. And then we go to the top of the head. You can use either hand. Just use a few fingers, tap right on the top, and we'd say our little reminder phrase, and it, it can vary or be the same. In this case, we'll just say all the stress. All the stress. We go to the eyebrow point, so the tip of your eyebrow closest to your nose, just very gently, all the stress. All the stress. And the outside of your eye, just on the little bone right there, just gently. Feel it in my stomach. Feel it in my stomach. And follow that bone under your eye gently. The stress in my stomach. The stress in my stomach. And under your nose, above your upper lip, I feel the stress in my stomach. I feel the stress in my stomach. Then uh, the chin point, which is between your lower lip and your chin. All the stress. All the stress. Collarbone. This one's a little tricky. I like to take five fingers, yeah. below your collarbone, and just go all the way across your, you know, across your uh, chest. And then that way you're sure you're getting the right spot. Right. This stress in my stomach. The stress in my stomach. And the last one looks really odd. Under your arm, about four inches where your bra strap would cross for a woman, you can curl one hand up or reach across your arm or, or reach across your chest. The stress in my stomach. The stress in my stomach. And that's one round of tapping. Yeah. Take a big breath. Let that out and then check in. See how you feel. Yeah. Now, that if I hadn't been explaining where the points were, that would have taken us about 15 seconds, maybe 20, maybe. Right. It depends on how many words you're using. Um, Garrett Craig zips, he goes really fast. All the stress, all the stress, stress in my stomach. I mean, he's just like zooms through it. He gets through a lot of stuff. But you know. The timing, whatever works for you. So I'll just check in with you, Terry. I did that. Oh, as soon as we finished, you know, as soon as I finished that last tapping, I instantaneously caught my breath. Okay. Um, I, I just, I took a deep breath before you even said take a deep breath. Like I just. It just was like, oh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And settled. It went from, it was about a four, just some stomach flipping for whatever reason some background thing happening i'm sure right right it just instantly dropped to a two so it, it cut in half yeah awesome so you know 15 seconds right feel 50 percent better yeah <laughs> that's not bad right yeah. that's like oh, awesome. i mean it's, now that doesn't always happen 
And sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. And that to me is always a sign that you're, you're, you're onto something. Yes. Right. What you're tapping on is, is what's needs releasing. Yeah. That's what's so don't right. despair. Right. Sometimes people think it doesn't work or it's not, you know, or, um, it didn't work for them. If that's the case, there are a number of things that can be happening when you didn't tap long enough, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you need to tap for five minutes, but you know, most people don't need to tap an hour a day. Right. If you tapped five minutes a day, I think you might be really surprised by how much better you'd feel. Well, uh, often I, it's I, not specific enough. Right. I have to say that the first time I did it, you know, it was with a license, you know, a registered practitioner um, who actually came to my house because, um, I was just really struggling again with all of my trauma. I just started EMDR and was in the midst of all of that horrific panic attacks, a lot of anxiety, um, just really struggling with all of this trauma, finally coming to the surface and dealing with it. And I was a hysterical basket case through that entire session. I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and, I cried and it was overwhelming. And, um, but then we did another session and it was so much better. And I'm telling you, I found it to be such a release and it, yeah, really helped me tune into my trauma. Um, but more so just the release that happened. Yes. Well, and I will say if you have a, a background and you know that you've got some serious trauma in your history. Right. And again, what's traumatizing to you, like you get to decide. Yes. <laughs> right. It's not just because X happened to you, therefore you were, you weren't traumatized. Right. Um, I would highly suggest working with a certified practitioner on that because there are a lot of techniques. But what we just learned was the what's called the basic recipe. Right. But there are some very, very gentle ways that you can sneak up on traumatic things so that you're not re-traumatizing people. Yeah. So, um, so want to say people that work with you, I'm sorry, can people can, can yes. people work with you and yes. reach out to you? So how do people get a hold of you then? Um, so my email is Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N at full hyphen potential hyphen parenting.com. Okay. Um, or, uh, yeah. And that's also the, you know, the website. Um, and then I also am on Facebook. So if it's easier to leave a message on my Facebook page for potential parenting, that works as well. Um, the other thing I'll say is, right, that the that crying, we sometimes, God, we're so shamed about crying. Oh, uh, I felt it was a release. Well, like, yeah, I was going to say, it's, oh, it's yeah. so... No. It was liberating. It is. It's just like, so don't be scared of your tears, yeah. right? I mean, you if you can't talk anymore, if you're tap and you start crying, you can't talk anymore, that's okay. The talking's just to help you focus. You're totally tuned in if you're, if you're crying. So you don't need to talk anymore. Right. Just keep tapping. Because the thing is, here's a really cool thing about tapping, and then I know we need to go. Um. Your brain can't be upset and calm at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it just can't. And the tapping calms your brain. And it will win out, ultimately. So the thing that your brain associated with a really difficult emotion, a painful memory, it, it, it's, it's like it has 
it has to then reframe its connection with that memory. Yeah. It can't hold on to the, the distress while you're tapping, right? We know that the tapping does that now. Yeah. It sends calming signals to your brain. I mean, there's all sorts of in part theories about how this works, but um, it, it disrupts the signals from the amygdala. It changes your brainwave state. It reconsolidates memories in different, you know, so it's, it's just cool stuff. It is cool. But, and you know, in some ways, who cares how it works? Right. It works. It's working. <laughs> and, and if you don't believe it works, it's okay. You don't right. need to believe it to try it and have it work. So skepticism yeah. is no barrier to trying tapping like fine. Right. You know? Um, so just give it a shot. And if you're not getting results on your own, think about working with somebody. It, it can be really reassuring. I mean, one, a practitioner can sort of hold a safe space for you. Yes. And, you know, you have that one-on-one -on -one attention, and that can be very reassuring and very comforting and, and a, a, a privilege, right, that somebody is yeah. spending that time with you. Sure. Uh, and it also kind of releases you from having to figure it all out, right? A practitioner can ask the questions. They can, they, they'll, they'll, they'll propose how you're going to do the tapping. Now, how are they going to do that? They're going to use what you've just told them. But it's still, it's like, you don't have to figure it all out. And a practitioner can also notice patterns and pick up on things that, you know, it's just hard to do for yourself. I mean, I tap with somebody, I chain, I have a tapping buddy that we exchange sessions every single week. And I don't, you know, I also tap on myself, but it's nice to tap with somebody else too. Yeah, right. right. I mean, everybody needs help no matter what you're doing. So it's, that can be a real gift. So if you're struggling to do it on your own and you're like, I don't get it. I've tapped along with the videos on YouTube and like nothing's happening. Right. Try that. And you know, at some point, maybe then it's just, it's not for you. Maybe your energy doesn't respond to that. Okay, then you give it a try. That's how people lots of other in your toolbox because you right, never know. <laughs> lots of other things out there to try, right. but I I love it because I know it works for me, and I know right. it works. I you know I've seen it work for so many other well, people. I'm a fan, and I yes, yeah. it worked for me. So yeah, awesome. Sure. Anything else that you want to talk about before we? Oh boy. Um, gosh, I had this one other like thought that I want, Oh, you know what? I don't even know what it is. I thank you so much for, I, I know I've kind of rambled here and there, but oh, so I love it. No, I love these kinds of conversations because they're powerful and they're real and they're raw. And I just, I think it's wonderful. So, yeah, I just, I guess I just want people to be, um, I don't know. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. We're so hard on ourselves. And this is hard. I mean, if you are the parent of a child with some of these big issues, right, just you're not alone. Um, it's hard, hard, hard to do this. Yeah. You're going to screw it up a lot, and that's okay because you're human too. And then you get to model how you say you're sorry and how to forgive yourself. Oh, my God, forgive yourself, right? We just... We're so, and I, I say this too, because I need to hear it too. You know, we all have that incessant kind of mean voice in our head telling us all the things we did wrong and how we screwed it up when we'll never get it right. And, you know, it's just like, hush or hello, or send that little person love. Yeah. <laughs> send it love. Give it a big hug. Right. 
kind of hey, okay. I have one more question. It just popped into my head. Yeah. Do, do people do tapping with children? Is is it? Oh something? yes. Okay. I personally have not. Um, I I don't. I have not worked with children okay. myself. Um, I have mostly worked with parents, but I have taught parents how to tap. Okay. Both with their children, you can tap on your kids if they'll let you. Right. You, know, you physically you tap. Child, this as a as a coping skill. Yeah. Um, um, you can use a stuffed animal. This is wild, right? Where the yeah. kids tap on the animal and they feel better. So you know, like a teddy bear, yeah. or something yeah. that's got like enough of a right face and a body, so it works, right? <laughs> right? And you can also do surrogate tapping, which is where you tap on yourself on behalf of your child, which is what that parent had been writing about in that story it said it right at the beginning where she tapped on herself to help her child calm down yeah. in the next room yeah that can be tricky because if you really if if you're tapping because you really want them to change that can that's not necessarily so effective right but if you're offering it as you know out of a place of love yeah and to offer calming and healing Yes. And that you are okay if it works or doesn't work, then that's a little bit more woo, right? But it's just quantum physics. And you know Yeah. I was just thinking it's very ho ho pono pono to me. It Um, oh it totally is, right? But I heal in myself, I heal in you. Yes. Um and it's offering a kind of energetic prayer. Yes. And it's intention and it's quantum physics and it's spirituality and it's all the good things. Yeah, yeah. All that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes. goodness. Well, so, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining oh, me. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity. I've really enjoyed this a lot. It's a great conversation. Everyone, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Yes. Bye bye. Absolutely.